Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Corporate Chopper, and today I'm not joined by Randy Andy Datson. No, no, he is away today. Instead, filling in, we've got the one, the only Nugget, Louis Dangor. Hi, Pete. How are you? Hi. I'm all right, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I presume this will be the final show of 2020, the, the final SmackDown podcast. Um, yes, it will be, because there isn't one next week. So I've yeah. been drafted in for the big one. So <laughs> sounds good to me. Can't say fairer than that. Yes, Andy uh, forgot that today he actually has a charity football match that he has to go and do. Um, so he's away and doing that. So we've got Louis instead. Yay, rejoice! Except boo, Louis, because he's not in the only authority anymore as of Quizzlemania, which he just announced. Yeah, Alex, as as I've said on Quizzlemania, Alex McCarthy on Wrestling Daily wasn't a fan of the storylines. He, um, I don't know what you What's the storyline? Sorry, not the storylines. Wasn't, <laughs> wasn't a fan of the whole um, Ollie Thority shtick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my change in attitude, and I think he was considering potentially replacing me on Wrestling Daily. So. <laughs> For the for the sake of my uh, for the sake of my journalist career, I had to um, put the only authority to one side. That's where my heart will always lie. But mm-hmm. for the for it's like Big E being separated from New Day. He still <laughs> loves the New Day, but for the sake of his singles career, he will be doing his own thing from now on. And he might occasionally make entrances with uh, Gears Gears Five exactly. Alpha. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's get into talking about SmackDown for now, uh, where we're going to be talking about the killer go-home angle that they had on the show featuring Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. Here's the show.
let's talk about SmackDown and this killer go-home angle. Because the show started with Kevin Owens coming out. There was a, a recap video package to start with of the Owens, Reigns, Uso stuff from last week. Kevin Owens comes out, and after Reigns cut that brilliant promo backstage where he was saying, if you don't talk some sense into daddy, I'm going to take the food off the table. What a promo that was. Uh, Kevin Owens was basically saying, yeah, I did speak to my family. And basically, I told them to not watch under any circumstance because, not because I think that I might get hurt. I don't want them to see what I'm going to do to you. And I was like, that's a good start. That's a really good start to this promo. It was an absolutely brilliant line. I think it Mm -hmm. painted him... It was that old bait and switch. You're like, I've told my kids not to watch. You're like, oh, you know, you're going to get your ass kicked. It was like, no, because I don't want them to see what I'm going to do to you. I was like, "Mm, great, because it paints him as that family man, but also as that person that's willing to do what they need to do to get to the top. And I thought, honestly, it was was genuinely fantastic. And we haven't heard Rain say that about his kids. So it kind of painted Reigns to be somewhat as a bad guy. Like, you're letting your kids see you do this. Yeah, like exactly. Great stuff. Because obviously the whole feud's been built around the whole family with uh, Roman and Jay, and obviously the whole Samoan dynasty thing, but it's never really been focused around Roman's actual like immediate family, like his wife and his kids and stuff like that. So it was an, an interesting like parallel because he didn't say anything about like, you know what, well, he did he did mention Roman's kids, but he didn't overtly say like, you're bad because you're watching, you're letting your kids watch this, but it was like teased and hinted at, and I was like, that's great. Mm. It's the subtleties that, like, WWE normally, when they see something, they're like, they're like oh, we'll drum it into you. Like, if we learn know something, it'll be like, oh, Roman Reigns kids, what are they doing watching at home? But it's nice to have, like, subtle things dropped in there, like a human conversation where someone will make a little dig and they won't make it obvious that they're making a little dig. And I like how we've got these juxtapositions of how Owens and Roman Reigns deal with family situations. And I think it's really enhanced the storyline. And it's not just with family situations. Like we've seen, for example, you remember when Kalisto just ran into the shot and everyone's like, what are they doing? Yeah. I actually thought it was very clever because what it was, it showed how Kevin Owens deals with people interrupting him. Like he was just like, Kalisto interrupted him wearing a stupid hat. It could have been executed better, but he was like, all right. He just said, oh, nice hat. Like he just dealt with it like a nice person. But Roman Reigns was actually interrupted the week before by Jey Uso or someone else. I can't remember who. And uh, he sort of flipped at them. So I'm like, it's very nice how they're showing them subtly to be very different people and deal with situations in a very different manner, even though they're still the crux of their characters is both we're both very much family people which i quite like yeah you, you've got a point i still didn't rate the Kalisto thing because it was just too weird it's like why is Kalisto? because i wasn't thinking about the similarities between owens and reigns at that point i was like why is Kalisto there it felt a bit weird but and it was contrived. bad yeah it, it, it was still very bad um, but then uh, Paul Heyman comes up on the Titantron after Reigns' pro- uh, after Owens' promo and says that, you know, once again, Reigns isn't going to come out to the ring. He does things on, on his own time. And he cut a brilliant promo, I thought, Paul Heyman, um, talking about how he thought that Kevin Owens must be a masochist if he's coming back uh, this week after the beating from last week. But now he realizes he's a martyr in that he will do anything to win and that makes him dangerous. Uh, and then said, but that's okay, because Roman is a sadist. And I was like, okay, let's break this down, because Paul Heyman just put over Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns at the same time. He is a master of doing that, of hyping up 
not only the person he's supposed to be hyping up, but also putting over the opponent at the same time. So, so good. And bu building off what Kevin Owens did, that was great. KO then just said, cool, I've had enough of this. I'm going to go find you backstage. Went backstage. But as he comes to, to Roman's uh, locker room, Reigns and Heyman have actually gone out to the ring um, to, love to cut a promo, which was great. It's just like, it's like hinting at cowardly because he doesn't want to face Owens, but he's not being a coward. He's going out in the spotlight to to talk. So he's not afraid of him coming out, but he just wants to do things on his own time, do things his own way kind of thing. It was great. It's like I'm one step ahead of you all the time. Like I'm, you're yeah. sitting here playing chess and I'm playing checkers, that kind of thing. But every time you think you can go and find me and get the better of me, I'm two, three moves ahead and I'm already coming to the outside. So like, it's, it's just subtle ways of putting Roman Reigns over. And you mentioned that Paul Heyman thing earlier, or Paul Heyman putting over his opponents. And I don't think people appreciate how important that is because if you run someone down, so say Paul Heyman came out every week and was like, you suck, Kevin Owens, then Roman Reigns should beat him because we know Roman Reigns doesn't suck. So the fact that he's bigging him up makes an eventual victory feel even greater, which is so important. And I think not enough stories in wrestling have that, particularly in WWE. AEW does it quite well. But in WWE, it's often like, oh, you suck. No, you suck. So they both suck. So winning yeah. doesn't mean anything. But here it really does. And I think that Paul Heyman has done a good enough job, a very good job, and so has Kevin Owens, of putting themselves over enough, where to the point they haven't really done anything. Well, Kevin hasn't really done anything this year. To the point where he feels like a viable main event contender for the Universal Championship against the biggest thing in wrestling right now, for my money. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Kenny Omega. Um, and if it's going to feel like a big win for Reigns when he does win. So testament to both, because, yeah, yeah I'm really looking forward to Sunday and this eventual match. Yeah, totally. And the rest of the show only built my hype more. Uh, yeah, as Reigns comes out to the ring, he essentially offers him the same ultimatum as he did Jey Uso, just saying, acknowledge me as the tribal chief or I will end you, was the, was the words he said. I was like, I believe you, Roman. I believe that you will end him. Um, Kevin Owens then comes out looking for him. Jey Uso attacks him from behind. Again, it's just like, I'm one step ahead of you. I know what you're going to do. It's great. They just start mauling KO, punching him. The officials come out, but are too scared to get too near. So like, R R stop Roman. And he's like, just carries on, just punching. It's like, great. Um, but then, oh, what I've put as the thumbnail picture was possibly my favorite bit of the show. So subtle, so great. Was Roman just mauling him, mauling him, mauling him, gets up, grabs the universal title. And then Owen starts getting up and he's like, he just has a look. And I'm like, he's concerned. I'm like, that is genius. Because we find out exactly why later, because they go backstage. Jey Uso's hyping up to be like, oh yeah, if he didn't get the message before, he definitely gets the message now. We're the best. Blah, 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 blah. And Roman is just like lost in thought elsewhere. And he's like, he's almost like talking to himself. And he's like, no, he doesn't. He won't stop. And then he turns back to Jey and he's like, end him, take him out. And I was like, this is so good. This is like, mm. it's like he is the smartest one of the three of them out of him, Heyman and Jay. He's being portrayed as the brains and the brawn of everything. He's the, he's the mafia boss. He's the overseer of everything. And him just acknowledging, he's like, he knows that from KO, just getting up that little bit from that one more, he's like, oh no, I'm dealing with an entirely different beast than I thought I was. 
we need yeah. to stop this. I'm now worried about it. And it's that one look that I put on the thumbnail that made me buy into Kevin Owens potentially winning. And I was like, this is so good. And it's it's that little hint of fear without making him seem like a coward that is so hard to do, but they did it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it's that, oh no, almost, you can look at it twofold. Like I'm in, I'm dealing with a different beast here that might give me some trouble or I don't know how far I'm going to have to go to end this guy. And it could be a combination of the two where he's not worried about himself losing, but he's actually worried about how far and what he's going to have to do to beat Kevin Owens. And mm-hmm. I just think the story has been fantastically told. This is likely going to be a short feud, but for me, every single segment that they've been in together has been a home run. It's been a fantastic storyline. Perfect, I'd go as far to say. Every single person is playing their role perfectly, whether it's Jey Uso, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens. Everyone is doing everything they can to make this work. And it's showing because it really, really is working for me. And yeah. listen, no matter ha- no matter what happens on Sunday in terms of, or no matter what has happened before, the match on Sunday was always going to be good. We've seen these two have a stipulation match before at Royal Rumble 2017, and it was very fun. But the added story element that's now going into it, and that has just made me even more excited to watch this. And I think it could be a late contender for match of the year. I really do. I, I think, along with the Fly Fly Funhouse, as we found out on Quizzlemania as one of the matches of the year, I think this could be up there as a, as a real contender for match of the year if well, based on the story and what we know these two can do in the ring. Yeah, totally. 100% agree. Um, there's uh, So this kind of set up this whole like Roman telling Jay, take him out, we need to take him out. Set up the show long story of uh, yeah, backstage, Jay Uso attacks KO from behind with the chair. It's kind of knocks him down a couple of times with the chair. KO gets up again as Jay Uso leaves. And then later on again, he's in the medical room getting checked up on. Jay Uso comes in, attacks him again, puts him through a table. And again, Kevin Owens is getting up. Um, and then it cuts to the final segment of the of the show, the actual go home angle of the uh, the go home segment of the go home show. Roman comes out, and he's kind of like, he's a bit like exasperated. He's like, I don't understand why. If you had a shot against the Universal Champion, if you had the biggest match of your career against me that could elevate your star power to another level, why would you blow it? That was his whole thing. And he was just like, I don't understand what Kevin Owens is doing. Why is he not staying down? I'm a big dog. It was that whole thing. It was it was amazing. Just like he didn't say all the things that was going through his head, but just having that one phrase and the way he said it put over kind of the frustration that he showed with Kevin at the time. And then Kevin Owens comes out, stumbling his way down to the ring because he's been beaten up the whole night. Um, and manages to grab a chair and get a couple quick shots in on, on Jey Uso uh, before getting into the ring. Goes for a stunner against uh, Reigns, but before he can, Jay comes back in, super kicks uh, KO, spear. They put him through two tables. One was... I don't know what it is about this move that really like worked for me. Roman threw uh, Kevin into Jay. Jay picked him up and did a spine buster through the table. I don't know whether he slipped or it was intentional, but just the, the the scrappy way that he just kind of fell after him and it's just like his legs were flying and all that stuff. I was like, this feels like a, like a real beatdown, you know? It was like, it was something mm. about it just felt very like uh, emotional and, and anger-induced. It was awesome. Uh, and then they just proceed to quite literally 
bury Kevin Owens under like the scraps of the table that were there. They grab chairs, ladders, just throw it onto him. They put tables over him, just smack the chair onto him. They're, they're literally just chucking ladders onto it. No safety precautions or anything. They're just like, yeah, just get on there. It's fine. And then they leave. They go to the gorilla position. And in the background, you can see that the rubble's stirring and KO just gets up again. And Jay just starts like smashing Roman on the shoulder. Be like, look, 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 watch. And he gets up, he gets a chair, just about sits on it, grabs the microphone and just says, I'm going to get the Universal title on Sunday or I'm going to die trying. And I was like, so good, man. I can't, so, um, I, I genuinely don't have the words. No, honestly, so a bit of a funny story here. So Andy uh, on Discord suggested, as as obviously a joke, for the podcast title, um, Kevin Owens Buried. So Mm -hmm. I hadn't watched the show yet. So I see this notification flash up on my phone on the podcast thread, uh, Kevin Owens Buried. And I'm like, oh, God. What's happened? What have they done? It was so good. What have they done? And he was, I was like, oh, have they, have they, I think the exact words were, have they effed up Kevin Owens? And you were like, no, 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 no. They just literally buried him. They quite literally buried him. And it was so good because for me, often I know when I'm doing predictions, I look at, right, who stood tall on the go-home angle? Like, who was the person that stood tall? So we'll get on talking about later. Carmella stood tall, potentially giving away that Banks is going to win. But both stood tall here in their own way. Like Kevin, like Roman Reigns beat him down, managed to walk to the back with Kevin Owens literally buried and got to have his moment. And then Kevin Owens got to have his moment later on when he the, he breaks himself through the rubble, showing himself to be resilient and says, like, has that great line of I'm going to win the universal title or I'm going to die trying. And it's that they both came out looking better ahead of the pay-per-view, which is what you want. It sold me on the pay-per-view because you you see all right you, like if you saw if the if the final segment was part of the TLC match it would have been cool like the final sequences of him going through the table him burying him all of that stuff would have been cool but the fact we saw that on the go home segment means what the hell are we going to see on the pay-per-view that's going to be enough to keep Kevin Owens down so i think we're going to see some really cool spots some really big moves and inventive stuff with the, with the with the gimmick weapons and honestly, I, I can't remember the last time a go-home segment worked so well for me across wrestling, not only mm-hmm. WWE, across wrestling. I think this has been a fantastic go-home angle, a f- fantastic feud with a, with an even better go-home angle. It is legitimately one of my favourite feuds in wrestling right now and something that was just a bit of a throwaway, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll just do this and to get us the Royal Rumble. And it's been really good. And both men have will look better coming out of it. And that's ultimately what you want out of wrestling. You want two people to ben- benefit from a feud, even if one loses. And Kevin Owens isn't going to win, I don't think. I don't think anyone thinks. But um, I'm definitely buying into him as a resilient uh, challenger. That means feuds eventually with, whether it's Sami Zayn or Jey Uso, if it spins off into that, or whoever... I'm going to feel more invested in because I know just how resilient Kevin Owens is now. So for me, honestly, 10 out of 10 this segment, 11 out of 10, if if I could. It was honestly a fantastic, fantastic go-home segment. Yeah, 
It was it was incredible, and I just hope that they're not going to do what they did the last time. They had a character who was so resilient and kept getting back up from anything from a big giant monster that kept beating him down. Because that was Dean Ambrose against Brock Lesnar, and that match was rubbish at WrestleMania because Brock didn't want to do it. So I'm pretty sure this will be better than that. But this really, like, this really reminds me of that build, and that build was fantastic of just Brock just continually beating down Ambrose time and time and time again and him just coming back every time was great people were so into that feud I think people forget how much they wanted to see that match and then the match was a bit pants um it was rubbish um but big difference there Roman Reigns isn't a dick yeah there's that yeah i think so, we should be fine because i roman reigns very well liked backstage very well respected i think he's going to want to make he's going to want to make himself look good but we've seen it with jay uso he's made jay uso look so good in their two matches and i think we're going to see more of that this weekend with kevin owens and he's going to make a real star out of kevin owens that we all know kevin owens has the potential to be yeah totally yeah i'm i'm so excited like by far the match I'm most looking forward to at TLC, and it's not even close. Uh, they've done a brilliant, brilliant job with that, and I think deservedly so dominated this episode with that story. But it was great, so I don't really mind. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
we now need to say thank you to some very special people and those are a 25 dollar and above pledge hammers on patreon if you've not been to wrestle talks patreon page yet you should loads of extra uh, bonus content vengeance 2001 is up for wrestle talk extra as well where ollie and luke review vengeance 2001 where chris jericho became the undisputed champion beating rock and stone cold in the same night you know the one he's mentioned it a couple times uh, so yeah, they review that show, which is up now for a $5 backers and above. But if you pledge at the $25 tier or above, you get your own custom wrestling nickname uh, and it gets thrown out on a show much like this one. So thank you to He's a Sexy Man, not an Andrew Gross Man. Woo! And you get your own cheap pop. Thank you very much. The Humble Egotist, Danny Average. Woo! Yes, thank you very much. Please, sir, can I have some more Domnor Bags? Woo! Thank you. Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Woo! Yes, thank you very much. Raul, see you later, Laver. Woo! Yes, thank you very much. I love the smell of coffee in the morning. Napalm espresso. <laughs> I think I did that right. Napalm espresso. Napalm espresso. You know, napalm, the thing. Anyway. Um, oh, I get the Spanish one. Nice. Viernes el décimo tercero. Jason Gutierrez. Woo! Woo! Yes, thank that you very much. Very impressive. The Wands chooses the wizard. Carol Wands. Woo! Yes, Wands. thank you very much. Love it. Living in the past, Kieran Pryor. Woo! Thank Woo! you. Xandermania, running wild. Xandermania, running wild. Thank you very much. Wrestle Talk's personal problem solver, Jamie Donovan. Woo! Thank you Woo! very much. And finally, Kevin Wakem Wakem. <laughs> yeah thank you very much <laughs> i apologize for all names that i have butchered on incredible. this show incredible napa espresso uh thank you very much all of our patreon backers But let's talk about the rest of the show now. <clears throat> so, after the opening segment, we had uh, Street Profits defending their SmackDown Tag Team titles against Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. I thought Ziggler and Roode were going to win here, if I'm honest, uh, because Street Profits have held the Raw slash SmackDown Tag Titles for ages uh, and have not really done anything with it. Um, who's Clark Duke? Uh, I, I didn't even look it up because I assumed he was a pop culture person that you would tell me about and it would be a bit funny that I didn't know who he was, but we both don't um, know who he was. Genuinely, no idea. He Comments sounded like a comedy us. person, I think. Okay. Maybe I think, he, I think he sounded like a comedy person, which I think is very different from a comedy person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's let's do a very 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 quick Google on there. He is a actor, comedian, and director known for his roles in films like Kick Ass, Sex Drive, Hot Tub Time Machine, as well as playing Clark Green in the TV series The Office. The more you know. Mm. The more you. Anyway, know. Um, in this match, I thought the in-ring action was quite fun. Um, there was a, a solid story, solid psych, uh, psychology of uh, Ziggler and Rude just working over Ford's ribs pretty much constantly, um, which was it was fine. The only thing that I, that really irks me about this is it leads to a Dawkins hot tag, which is how every single Street Profits match goes. 
And it's like the Dawkins hot tag is really good, but when you see it every single week, it starts to become less good. Like give Ford a hot tag for a change or just like don't have exactly the same hot tag every time because it's always big clothesline, big clothesline, the little 360 splash in the corner, uh, the under the double underhook neck breaker thingy he does and goes for a sky high or some and a spine buster. It's like it's always the same combination of moves, maybe in a slightly different order, but it's the same basic formula of a hot tag every time and i really like the street profits and what they're doing in ring is objectively very good it's yeah. just it's the same a lot yeah i mean it's, it's the classic thing of all right we've got the big guy we've got the little guy the little guy will be worked over the big guy will come in and save the day and it's very archaic and doesn't work anymore really and it's not to take away from the dawkins hot tag because as you said the dawkins hot tag is very good he one of the, like i think he's probably been one of the most improved wrestlers in 2020 i'd say for me he's he's had some great matches uh, definitely and i think ford has brought him out of his shell a lot so i think he's had a great 2020 but as you say once you see if you see something every week it devalues it and you just grow to become bored of it and i don't want to become bored of the street profits hot tag and street profits matches because they are very good matches Unlike you, I didn't think Dork, uh, Rude and Ziggler were going were gonna to win. I thought we might get a DQ or something because, I mean, this feud must continue because who else is there? I was thinking, what other teams have we got? And I was like, I, I don't know if I can name C- any. Cesaro and Nakamura and I guess Gable and Otis is a thing now. Please don't talk to me about uh, Cesaro <laughs> and Nakamura. I mean... I'm just, I'm just hope, like praying for the Uso when the, when Jay, Jimmy Uso comes back, that the tag division will be taken seriously because we yes. will have Roman Reigns involved, and they'll be like, okay, this benefits Roman Reigns if we take the tag division seriously. Let's mm-hmm. take it seriously. So I, I think that the Street Profits are probably going to keep the titles until Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso come back, and then we'll have the them obviously winning, and hopefully the elevation of the tag scene. Because, boy, howdy, do we need some tag teams to be taken seriously. We do. Uh, fingers crossed, eh? Um, after the Dawkins hot tag, it goes to the finish, which was weird. Because um, uh, Rude goes for a roll-up on Ford with the tights. Um, Ford counters it into a roll-up of his own and also uses the tights and then wins. And I was like, well, why did you just do that? Because I know, I know so, you, could, you could make the argument that, oh, it's karma. You know, Rude just tried the thing, taste of his own medicine, blah, 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 blah. But as I said in my in my edited review before, if you're a babyface, especially if you're an uber babyface babyface like the Street Profits are, you really shouldn't ever stoop to the, the level that the heels do. Because that's not a babyface thing to do. I don't know about babyface, but I think they use their street smarts to profit. Did Datsun give you that one? No, I don't know what the correct answer is here. That's yes, then. That's Good a yes. To know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, coming out of this, we got one of my favorite new characters on SmackDown, mm-hmm. which was uh, Sassy Charles Robinson. <laughs> oh man, this was so weird. I did not know what to make of this because they focused on it for a while. After the match, Rude and Ziggler were really upset because they lost with an illegal move, despite them just trying to use it. Getting in Charles Robinson's face and just saying, we're two big stars, we can't be losing like this. Charles Robinson just starts mouthing off back at them. 
I've had enough of this. I'm gonna do it. It goes absolutely crazy on him and then says he's have him he will have him suspended, I think. Is that what he said? Yeah. It was bizarre, funny, yep. but it was like, okay, you don't give your referees any credibility, any anything, but then you give them all this credibility in one segment of being like, okay, don't mess with Charles Robinson. Mm-hmm. It was just bizarre. I don't think it's gonna lead to anything. Nope. But it, but it was. It made you know me what this felt like. You know what this felt like to me. This felt like a rib. I don't know who won. I don't know who they were ribbing. But it felt like a rib. Potentially, you're probably right. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Anyway, um, after that, yeah, we got the first uh, Jay attacking KO backstage, and then afterwards, we got the Riot Squad versus Billy Kay and her partner of choice, Termina. Whoa! And nobody mean that. Than Tamina. Tamina. Then Tamina, you're right. Uh, Tamina overpowered Morgan and Riot, and then Billy Kay tagged in, and then she got pinned. What is the point of this story? Nay, what is the story? I quite like it. So, can you explain? I don't get it. So, the story is Billy Kay keeps wanting tag matches, and I think that the story they're trying to tell is she's looking for the perfect partner. So, she will eventually find that partner and win. Do you know who her perfect partner is? Yes. Hey, hang on. Peyton Royce. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping they really drag this out. Like, really drag this out. <sighs> okay. And then Continue. Peyton Royce comes back, and we're like, we have the Iconics back. That could be cool. But it's not what we're going to get. This was bizarre. It was quick. The only good thing is it's Riot Squad picking up wins, which is hopefully going to set up a tag title match, which could be cool. Because it's always nice if you're building into a tag team match to be picking up wins. I mean, Billy Kay and Tamina aren't the epitome of women's division excellence, which would uh, sort of give you a lot of momentum, but wins are wins. So, nice. But um, the story has legs. It has the makings of something positive if they are to spin it in terms of all right she's looking for the perfect tag team partner but she just can't find it she keeps losing she keeps losing and that will make the eventual when she finds a tag team partner and wins good but the way they're doing this is so bad like so so bad okay I would disagree that the story has legs because I don't think there is a story. I think you're planting a story that doesn't exist because I think they're just saying Billy Kay's the funny one. Let's just have her go out and lose, and she's gonna and she's gonna try and get someone on her side, and no one's gonna like her, and she's just gonna lose. If they're building to an eventual perfect tag partner, and maybe it's Peyton Royce, then why did you ever split up the Iconics? So dumb. It is the most nonsensical decision of 2020, and there have I, been a lot. I don't understand. And they're both they're doing so tag good. team things, <laughs> but <laughs> separately. If Peyton Royce was like challenging Asuka for the Royal Women's Championship at TLC, I'd be like, you know what? Fair enough. They wanted her to do it. You could have done a coaching role thing and had Billy as the manager. But whatever. At least she's doing, she's on to bigger and better things. And in, in a singles push and <clears throat> with like singles matches and title matches, fair play. <coughs> Apologies. But she is doing nothing. She is doing nothing. She is tagging with Lacey Evans. She is. And it's like, I I just don't get it. I really don't get it. How are you going to look at that tag team 
and be like, yeah, they're not working, but the tag team of Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce, that's going to work. Jesus. Uh, it just it yeah. makes no sense. I don't, I don't understand this story. I don't know if there is a story. I don't get the point. Why are we wasting time on this? Please stop. Billy Kay should be Adam Pierce's assistant. Literally, give her a comedy spot each week that's not in a match. That little commentary thing she had was great. The, just the whole resume stuff with Adam Pierce was great. Yeah, the have her be. Have her be. Match, when yeah. she was like to, to, to Greg Hamilton, oh no, look, I, I'm a I've got ring announcing experience. Let me ring announce. That was great. Yeah, it's funny. She's a funny person. Have her do funny things. It's fine. But just stop having her get weird tag partners and then losing. I don't know what the story is with that. Anyway, after that, we got uh, Carmella's champagne toast to Sasha Banks. Now, I know we have differing opinions on this, so I'll mm -hmm. say what I think first, and then you can say what you think afterwards. So um, Carmella's sommelier is back uh, this week. And uh, I, I wrote down, how long is it going to be before he takes a bump from Sasha? It wasn't very long. Um, Carmella then cuts a long promo. And I thought some of the lines in this promo I thought were really good. And there was a solid foundation of what would be a really strong promo in there. Like the, the concept of her saying that, you know, Sasha always has to be the best. She's the blueprint. She's the boss. What happens when she's not? the boss who is sasha banks when she's not the boss when she's losing what she got left and i was like that's actually really interesting that's a really cool concept to explore the problem was there was also her saying tis the cz to drink bubbly fa la 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 which was weird and there was also some other bits where she heckled the Thunderdome audience when the piped-in boos booed her. And it's like, well, they're not actually booing you because that's piped-in. We all know that's piped-in noise. That's really weird. And also, there was an entirely different concept to explore in a promo, which was also thrown in, which was Sasha's in uncharted territory because she's never held onto a title this long. She doesn't know what she's doing anymore. That's a really cool concept to explore as well. But they didn't explore either of them. They just did both and then filled it with other stuff. There's some there's some good concepts in there, but they just it needed editing. That's what it was. But I thought that she delivered it well. So I disagree with some of what you said. I agree with parts. It was a long promo. Didn't need to be this long. But I thought the content was really really good throughout. I think that, that apart from the first tier the season two drink bubbly, which was just listen. Part of me liked it because it was annoying, and that that's what she's going to do. She, she's going to be the annoying heel that you don't like. Like. It, it worked because we're just sitting here like mm, bit unnecessary, but whatever. The premise of the story being that Sasha Banks, Carmella knows Sasha Banks is the better wrestler. She said, you're better than me in the ring. Okay. But I'm better than you mentally. And it's that distinguished, like the distinguishment between what's more important in wrestling, being the better wrestler or having the ben better mental toughness and mental fortitude. And I think they explored both, but did... <coughs> Or they had the premise of doing it, but didn't really tie the knots together. So, for example, the bit you mentioned about, oh, you haven't held on to a title that long, that comes under the mental side of it. Being like, mentally, you're not strong enough to hold a title long enough. They should have pieced it all together. So it's like, it was like a shoelace, right? Mm -hmm. And there were the two ends there that can easily be tied together. They're perfectly good. It's a perfectly good shoelace. You just haven't tied it together. It's there and it's close. 
but not not just there. I like the content. I thought it was really good. The premise of Carmella being like, you're in uncharted territory. You've never held on to a title this long. I'm mentally stronger than you. I thought was 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 decent. I think that it got me excited for the match more than I have been before. I think this is probably the best character we've ever seen from Carmella. She's doing really well at delivering it, what she's doing. The segments, the the match she had last week, it, it looks good. She looks good. She looks what her gimmick suggests. So, yeah, I, I really didn't mind this at all. I thought it was actually, if anything, pretty good. Yeah. Like I said, like I think she she's doing really well. And I, I will say, I'll hop on your point there. I think, yeah, this is the best character we've seen out of Carmella. And I will say, there's been some people who've been like, oh, I guess we're going back to the Divas era. And it's like, well, no, because she can actually wrestle. She's being portrayed as a wrestler who happens to be, you know, very upper class and does the champagne and, and does all the, the fashion, looks good and all that stuff. And she wants herself to be sexy all the time. And all that stuff. that's fine. But she's also a good wrestler. And I think people, yeah. I think she is actually underrated in the ring as well, apart from the Melaga round, which is the worst move in wrestling. <laughs> Agreed. I think that people often, the the issue that many people have with the Divas portion of WWE, the Divas era, wasn't so much the characters that were being portrayed. That was a, not a great what part characters? of it. Yes, that. But I mean, the fact the characters, they were often the point was sex appeal as opposed to what you can do in the ring. As long as you're showing both, there's no issues with having the whole sex appeal aspect and having the your character be based around the fact that it, you think you're beautiful, you think you're sexy, you want to betray that. Okay, that's fine. As long as you're being given the opportunities to back it up in the ring, which last week they main evented, they're having a big title match on pay-per-view. They had a pretty substantial segment probably the second longest behind the kevin owens and roman reigns stuff so i don't think you can say it's going back to the divas era because they're not being treated like the divas were they're being treated like credible threats just her character is somewhat reminiscent of those that we were seeing during the divas era in terms of the sex bill which i haven't got an issue with as a as i said if you're being booked in high profile spots, which she is. And I think she is doing really well at the moment, actually, and deserves a lot of credit. She was on that list from WrestleVotes that, um, so for those that haven't seen the report, um, she was one of the names mentioned when writers were asked, who are some underutilized talent that you think could benefit from a spot? Carmella was one of the names mentioned. And I think that this might be why we're seeing her in this spot. And hopefully shows WWE is listening. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the match. I think that WWE have made another good good female sort of roster member on SmackDown out of Carmella, mm -hmm. where you could then slot her in a feud with Bianca Belair in a couple of weeks if the Bailey stuff is done. And I wouldn't be like, mm, don't really want to see that. It would be good. So yeah, I, I'm on board with this. We'll get onto the Bianca stuff later. Um, yeah, and then after this, by the way, she drinks some champagne and says it tastes cheap, just like Sasha Banks. That's the line for Sasha. That's when she comes out. How dare she be compared to sh cheap champagne? Grr. She came out. She locked Carmella in the bank statement. The sommelier broke it up. She slapped the sommelier. Way there's the bump. And then uh, Carmella smashes another bottle over her back. I mean, I thought this was a solid build. I didn't think it was a solid go-home angle. This, this felt like this should have been a couple of weeks ago rather than right now. That's my issue with it because I feel like there were some really good concepts in the promo that haven't been explored at all. And they were like, oh, and by the way, 
Carmella's stro- uh, stronger mentally because she's talking about how, you know, Sasha's not held a, a title this long or, you know, the, the other stuff she was mentioning. It was like, that's good. You should explore that in the feud rather than saying it on the go-home angle and not fully exploring it. That was my issue with it. But yeah, I do understand what you mean. It was I think that I think maybe we'll see this spill over to Royal Rumble. So potentially it's potentially. something that is explored. But yeah, for what it was, I didn't think it was a bad segment. I actually quite enjoyed it. But yeah, this is the the joy of wrestling. We can have differing opinions and not want to scream at each other on Twitter and tell each other we're wrong. You're wrong. Anyway, after that, we got uh, Kevin Owens backstage in the medical room getting checked on. Jay comes in and attacks and puts him through the table. And then we got Otis versus Shinsuke Nakamura with their respective uh, partners at ringside. Another story where I'm really not sure what's happening. So Otis was in control of this match. He was going to go hit the Caterpillar. And once again, Gable tells him to stop hitting the Caterpillar. He should hit a suplex instead. And I was like, okay, so he's cost Otis again. Shinsuke's going to roll him up. Fine. Shinsuke goes for the roll up. And Otis then just kicks out, hits a suplex like Gable wants him to, hits a Vader bomb, and then wins. So I was like, so Gable was right then? Who's, what's the, what's happening in this story? Can you enlighten me for this one as well, Louis? Because I don't get what's happening. Who's right and who's wrong? What's the point of Gable doing this stuff? Why is he telling him to not hit the caterpillar? What's his motives? I don't understand any of it. Your issue with this is the story, not the fact that Otis beat Shinsuke Nakamura clean. Dude, Shinsuke Nakamura has been dead and buried in WWE for years. It's I'm beyond caring at this point. That was mind-boggling, but okay. Yeah. So the the premise of this, the idea of all right, Gable saying you should hit the suplex and win, trying to coach the comedy out of Otis and mm-hmm. trying to sort of show him a more wrestling-based style, I guess. Sure. That's a good story. You have him lose, you have him lose until eventually. Otis doesn't go for the Caterpillar just by instinct. He goes for the suplex and it pays off. And that's a good story. And that's where I thought they were going. But that's not where they went. They sort of went into like a, all right, he just wins anyway. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Gable was right. And then a backstage segment, Gable said, do as I mean, not as I say. Yeah. So he, and was he like, said it like, I didn't mean not to hit the caterpillar. Was like, yeah. But he so won. He, so he why said was last he week. So last week he said when he was saying, you should tag me in, you should tag me in. In the backstage segment afterwards, he was saying, well, you shouldn't have tagged me in. That was a test. Yeah. Um, you, you should you should know when to, when to overrule what I say kind of thing. So it's the same thing here, but it doesn't work because Otis won. Exactly. So what's your point? Like, and you were right in saying it. He should have hit the suplex because that's what you won with. You hit the suplex in the Vader bomb and you won. So what's the what's yeah. the story here? If he's trying to coach out the the comedy, he's trying to get rid of the caterpillar, for example. That's fine, but they should really put over that the caterpillar is the thing that's making Otis lose because at the minute Gable just looks like an idiot. Exactly. I just, and it's I'm, like I'm I'm baffled. I don't understand what they're trying. It to doesn't do. make sense because the premise of it literally is all right. So, as you say, if gay, if they lost, Gable would have been like, "All right, do as I do as I mean, not as I say." So you should have hit the caterpillar. It was a test, but they won. So Gable was right. So why is he then going backstage saying, "Oh no, I was wrong to say that. You shouldn't do that." It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, and I think this is another example of like the Billy Kay and 
tag team storyline. Is there a story here? Are they planning anything? Or is it just, this is just something to pass the time, to keep Otis on TV, to keep Chad Gable on TV, and if a story comes up, a story comes up. Is there even a story here? If so, it doesn't make any sense. I don't think there is. And also, Gable's still a heel right now. That's what he's, yes. he's being very heelish. Otis is still the baby face. What's Gable's motive? What's his goal? Because we don't know. Why is he coaching Otis? What's the what's the point of him doing this? We don't know. And that, you know, you could argue that that could lead to an interesting story because we're going to find out his motives later and we're trying to put the pieces together. But when they're not really doing a story, we just don't, we'll end up just not caring. And that's different from understanding. I know you say end up not caring. I'm at that point anyway. It just doesn't make sense. I have I no interest in this. It'll probably lead to a rumble spot where Gable eliminates Rumble. Uh, Gable eliminates Rumble. Gable eliminates Otis. And then we have a match at Elimination Chamber or Fastlane, likely on the pre-show. Sure. On a personal level, I'm still mildly invested because it's Gable and I really like Gable. But that's about it. That's as far as Me it too. goes. Me too. Um after that, we got the first annual Sammy Awards. <laughs> Not the Slammies, the Sammies. Firstly, brilliant name. Love that. That's great. Also, it just means we get loads of Sammy promo time. Yes, please. Um, yeah, Sammy uh, does uh, look back at 2020. Here's a, here's a video package looking back at 2020. It makes sense for a person to introduce their own video package this time because it was just a video package about Sammy and the 2020 he's had and all the victories he's had. This was great. Loved it. Um, and then he announces the first two awards, the comeback of the year. And he said, you know, there's been some really great comebacks this year. Edge at Royal Rumble, Roman Reigns, you know, at SummerSlam, he's had a great impact on the roster. Comeback of the year, Sami Zayn. Perfect. Match of the year. Oh, been loads of really good contenders for match of the year this year. You know, seemingly every week there's a new one coming up. What could be the winner? It's Sami versus Jeff versus AJ when Sami won. Good stuff. Love that. Superstar of the year. Oh, Biggie, because Biggie came in before the before the segment and was mixing up the cards and stuff. So he obviously mixed it around and changed it. Superstar of the year is Biggie. Biggie comes out and uh, then he starts to do a little speech. Sammy interrupts and pushes him. Biggie beats him up, jabs him with the with the trophy, beats him up a bit, and then destroys the trophy. Really like Sammy. Really like this. Uh, the whole premise of the sammy awards i think is hilarious uh i just want to see biggie do more now because i think biggie should have maybe been a bit more annoyed at how he lost to sammy last week just because it was really dumb um so i would have preferred him to come out and just kind of beat up sammy for a bit rather than just like a, a little jab and a push and stuff i think he should have just come out and just whipped his ass and then just be like hey i really want the ic title please let me have it i yeah i don't know it was good yeah, it was. Sammy played his part really well. Like him yeah, getting yeah. all dressed up, like properly dressed up and taking it mm -hmm. really seriously was quite funny. Uh, he delivered it well. Sammy's a fantastic promo, a fantastic heel. So he delivered his part really well and it was really enjoyable. Unfortunately, the biggie part, I, I, I don't know. My, the jury's still out for me on whether this new, what his new character is, because the new music suggests, all right. Maybe he's taking a more serious side. But then he did this weird laughing thing backstage that was like, you're still the biggie of old. What has changed mm -hmm. since New Day? 
Apart from the fact you don't have Woods and Kofi around, nothing has changed. Yeah. So I don't really know what what we're what the there's been no character arc or character change for Biggie. Uh, he hasn't been picking up wins. That would have been nice. I could just even if it's jobbers, jobber jobber matches can work really well. Like the whole enhancement squash matches. Remember when they were doing them week on week off in 2016 with Nia Jax and Braun Strowman? They really worked. I'd like mm-hmm. to see that with Big E. Maybe do week on week off with Big E and Bianca Belair. That'd be cool. But it's not what we're getting. We're just getting Big E just sort of being there, being involved in segments. He's always on TV, especially since Survivor Series. But he's not really doing anything of note. So I would like to see him. But um, hopefully in the new year, start challenging Sami Zayn for the title. I think he'll probably win the title, uh, maybe at the Royal Rumble or maybe on a SmackDown episode on TV between now and uh, the Rumble. But listen, whatever's happening, the match will be good. The Once we get more into the story, it will be very enjoyable. But yeah, I would have liked to see him be more annoyed and show that slightly more serious side for losing last week because he did lose. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, we're going a little bit over time here, so I will quickly move on. Uh, we had a couple of cool promos in the night from Bianca Belair and Bailey uh, leading into their match. There's a lot to talk about this, so I'll try and make it quick. Um, I thought the uh, the actual story in the match was quite good in that it seemed like anytime any one of them got arrogant or very showboaty, it cost them pretty dearly. Bianca Belair doing a whole EST stuff. It worked quite a few times, but then she got a bit too showboaty, a bit too arrogant, and Bailey made a pay. And then uh, Bailey in the match started mocking Bianca, and every time she did, Bianca then came back into it. It was, it was a solid story. It's nice. Um, but then Bianca Belair is coming back. She d- does a little. She's going from like a roll-up pin, picks her up into powerbomb position. Bailey just rakes the eyes, hits her little face bust to finish a thing, and wins. Why did Bailey win? She didn't need this win at all. Granted, she's not won a match since August, so she probably could do with a win. She didn't need it as much as Bianca did, who hasn't been pinned on the main roster yet, apart from this SmackDown. She's the rising star. She's the one that could be going on to, you know, for future SmackDown Women's Championship shots. And Bailey, despite her not losing since August, still feels like a big deal. She still feels like a star on SmackDown because of the amazing work that she's done through the rest of the year. She's not been completely, you know, denigrated to the bottom of the card yet or anything. She's going that way. But, you know, hopefully they can actually turn around a little bit. But she can take this loss against Bianca, who's the rising star. I don't understand why you'd have Bailey win. Especially after having Natalia beat Bailey two weeks ago on SmackDown. Like, if you're going to do that, just don't do this. Yeah. Or they don't work together. So Natalia is better than both of these two. Um, I get what you mean. Like, I like the, the match. I thought the match was yeah. pretty good for what it was. Like, there were some cool power spots from Bianca Belair, especially like her powering out of the power bomb and like powering out of an arm breaker. I can't think it was an arm breaker. And then powering her into a power bomb was really cool. But just the finish was like, oh. This, this is how we're doing it. Okay, mm-hmm. I see. It's going to be the typical of like they'll trade wins, which isn't a bad story. But Bianca Bella hasn't really had any big wins to sort of have that foundation. She still feels like she's on the ascent. She isn't at that top yet. In terms of talent, she is. But in terms of wins and how she's being treated, she isn't. So it would have been nice to see her, if if this was going to happen, pick up some wins like before, beat Natalia several times, beat Billy Kay, beat name of the SmackDown women, Ruby Riot, Tamina, Tamina, nobody Mina. Um, yeah. 
But no, we've like a match with Tamina. I know we're joking all like it'd be a great match to show Bianca Belair's power spots. Like if you want to show Bianca Belair's powerful, do it against someone that's bigger than her, who right now on SmackDown is Tamina. Um, but yeah, this was just like mm, okay. And I know people say, oh, it's gonna be all right because she'll eventually get her win back. And maybe she will on pay-per-view. I could even see this probably being added to Sunday. Like yeah. probably might, might might have already been done while we're on air. But but um okay. If it does. Why would you have this match on SmackDown? If you're going to have it at TLC, why would you book this match on SmackDown? It makes no sense. And also, if she gets her win back, too late, she's already lost. She's already been pinned on the main roster. Bailey just won. And now if she wins, it looks like it's really unearned because Bianca's just like, oh, well, I lost, but I don't like that. So I'm going to fight you again until I win. That makes her look really dumb and just like sour about her loss. Just have a win. It's real easy. God, it makes me frustrated. I agree with you. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, we've said enough about this and we've gained quite over time now. So overall, I thought this was a good episode. Um, I thought a lot of stories were furthered. Not a fan of Bianca losing most of the stories. I'm not really into or I can't see what they're going on, what the point is. But there are stories mostly. But that Reigns Owen stuff dominated the show and was so so good that for me this is a three out of four show like a low three out of four i'd say i'd actually go pretty high to be a high three out of four i mean it's light years ahead of raw it oh, is yeah. it is just so much better and i think the the at least their storyline stuff makes sense or yes it's starting Generally. to make sense their premises of good stories the roman reigns and jay uso and kevin owens and Way and stuff is perfect, yeah. So, I think that has massively helped the rating. Obviously, if that wasn't part of the show, we'd probably be saying two out of four, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it, it was really helped by that. And I'm looking forward to Sunday, and that's what you want from a go home show. I'm looking forward to Sunday, probably yeah. more than I was going into watching SmackDown this morning. The first things first, Louis got an email here that I've been told I have to read out. Oh, um, I know uh, it's from my beloved regular co-host Randy Andy Datsun. Um, because of course when he's not on the show he's still got to be on the show somehow mm. so um, he's got an email here that's titled Datsun World Problem Don't Open Until Show I've now opened it it says hi Pete and Andy <laughs> first I wanted to say I'm a huge fan of the podcast you're both incredibly talent- talented and charismatic I wanted to submit my That's and World problem today, so I hope you have time to read it out. <clears throat> you know the common problem when you're the host on a podcast and your co-host is just far too nice, hardworking, and just generally awesome? Man, I hate that. Why can't he just stop being so awesome? It's really getting on my nerves. Seriously, if the dickheads in the YouTube comments realize just how brilliant my co-host is, then they would all shut up and crawl back in their pits of misery and hatred they clearly live in. And I'm not finished there. Unfortunately, I can't do my hosting this week as I'm too busy raising money for children's hospitals and orphans. Link on Twitter. And I and I hate the fact that the person who offered to fill in for me is just as talented as, as, as my co-host. Why do you both have to be so nice and helpful? Are you trying to get in my pants? Because honestly, it's working. You know what? Screw this. I just want you to know how terrible it's not the word he used 2020 has been but at least i know that once a week i'll be able to hang out with one of the best guys in the world on a saturday morning what's more the website it also run wouldn't have the success it's had without the guy filling in for me on this week's show you both suck at being bad people boo lots of love randy 
Oh, that is not him. where I expected that to no, go. Not at all. But that is that is incredibly sweet. Thank you very much, mm. Andy. You're great, and we love you very much. Yeah, we do. Um, that, that was when when you said that Andy had an email. I was like, okay, this mm. is going to be. There'll be some puns in there. There'll be some little quips at you and I. But it was actually very sweet. So thank mm-hmm. you very much, Andy. It was. Thank you, Andy. It must be the time of the year or something. Mm. Um, but we've got some other uh, some other emails here. Uh, got one from. <laughs> oh, this is good. Oh, I might. Do I want to save this for Andy? No, Andy's going to be listening anyway. He he emailed in. He's going to be listening. So, <clears throat> so I, I don't know if you've been listening to the SmackDown podcast lately, Louis. The podcast no, I, I have, version. I have better things to do. Of course you do. Um, the most consistently listened to podcast on Wrestle Talk, by the way. Um, that uh, Andy has started going off recently about people's names being spelt wrong. Um, Louis. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you have stuff like his his argument was you have something like Amy, which is A M Y, and then you have A I M E E, and he's like, that's just wrong. And I said, that's not wrong. That's how someone spells their name. You can't tell them that their name is wrong. It was a whole thing. Um, but so now we've got some emails about wrong names. Okay, I've got one here. It says hi lads. Hope you're all doing well. Never before in my life have I been so called out by someone. Never has someone made fun of my daily plight that I just had to email in. <laughs> my name is Owen, which, along with Owen, is the Irish version of Owen and is pronounced exactly the same. So his name is spelt E O G H A N, and he said, along with E O I N. They're all okay. pronounced Owen. While it is a very popular Irish name, my spelling, E O G H A N, is less common than E O I N, so people often write it down as the latter. It's gotten to the point where if anyone asks to take my name or email, I just have to spell it out for them because it irks me to see my name spelled incorrectly. Also, as I'm a student nurse, I've worked with a lot of uh, a lot of people of different nationalities, so I've heard many different interesting pronunciations of my name. Some are reasonable, like Ian, Ewan, Evan. Others are absolutely ridiculous, like Eugene, Johan, and Iagahan. <laughs> I'm not joking. I've literally been called those before. Sorry for the long email. I just felt compelled to share my own Datsun World problem, TM, about living with the inconvenience of, of a less common spelt name. Thank you to all of WrestleTalk for the brilliant content you guys have been putting out in this hellhole of a year. Hope you guys are staying well and that you all have a Merry Christmas. Love you. Bye. P.S. Pete, I finally got it. It's D&D. Hell yeah. I always uh, loved hearing your D&D stories with Laurie and the old NXT reviews, but was never uh, was never able to be part of the game. When lockdown came, I decided now was the time to learn how to DM and run a campaign. I've since bought the PHB, DMG, and the Lost Minds of Fandelver, which I hope to run uh, my first game with soon. Amazing. I've also learned a lot about DMing and game mechanics through watching Critical Role's second campaign, and it's bloody brilliant. I know, it's amazing. Spoilers, I'm not going to say what he's put there. Same dude, I also cried. How's your campaign been going in lockdown? We've not been playing. Sad boy. Any tips for someone starting out for running games not in person? Sorry, the scene was even longer now. For real, this time, love you, bye. Uh, use Discord. Do whatever feels right. There's loads of ways you can play online. Some of them are really complicated. I think Roll20 is overly complicated. But just do whatever you can do. I literally use Microsoft Whiteboard and share my screen. It works for me. So, yeah, loads of ways you can do it. Thanks for the email. Love it. Louis, any comments? <laughs> I'm going to share my own issues with my name. Oh, here we go. 
I, I'm not going to be a Datsun anecdote where I go off for 15 minutes, but it's got to the point where I've considered, and my mum even suggested it, legally changing the spelling of my name to L-O-U-I-E. Oof, man. Because I've never been on... So I, when I do the media calls for WWE, AEW, whoever, I'm always introduced as Lewis Dangle, like mm-hmm. always. Um, even in school, it was like well, the first look down the register every year at school, it was Lewis. Seminars at university, they're all Lewis. So um, my mum was like, why don't you just change your name to L-O-U-I-E? I mean, yeah, I, I'm surprised that you say it was in school and union stuff, because to me, that's Louis. That's not Louis. I understand the American pronunciation of it, because they have stuff like St. Louis. They, that's how they say Louis. I, I get that. I'm very surprised to hear that about the UK stuff, because that's just wrong. So I went to France. And they were doing like the passport control at the border to mm-hmm. so get my passport. And they're like, oh, Lewis, can you come forward so we can just check? I'm like, sorry, what? They're like, Lewis. You're in France. Like, it's a French name. And they're it's like, oh, it's, all you, it's like all you Brits call yourselves Louis, uh, Lewis and spell it Louis. So we just all automatically say Lewis. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm properly, I'm Louis. Um, but yeah, I, I sympathize with Owen because mm-hmm. I'm often. Name spelt wrong, name pronounced wrong. And it isn't easy, but sometimes you just get past the point. Like he said, I just sometimes just don't correct people. I'm just like, yeah, it's Lewis. Yes, I am now Lewis, yeah. Mm. I know how that feels. Do you know how many nicknames I've got? Crikey. Anyway, mm. um, <laughs> I've got another email here from Jack. Uh, it says, hey, guys, it's Jack, the moist sensation. Great name. Good um, name, Yep. Uh, hope you're all well and thank you for tons of entertainment. You're very fun to listen to and I actively look forward to your podcast dropping on Saturdays. I'm wondering if you guys are going to do an end year review awardsy type thing. Do you have any fun Smackdown memories this year? What was the worst segment? Is it still that god awful karaoke Lacey Evans Hill turn? Yes, it is. A best show, maybe? Take care, lads, and Merry Christmas. Um, we're not doing an awardsy thing. Well, I mean, on, on WrestleTalk, we're doing we're doing uh, a few podcast episodes of doing like the best wrestlers of the year um stuff like that it's just like in podcast form there's going to be like two or three of us just chatting about what the best things are however if you want an award show well we've got that coming too over on wrestling daily on wrestle 2 uh which funnily enough louis dangle is actually one of the co-hosts for what a coincidence um what a coincidence yeah, so it's going to be all of the hosts. It's going to be Alex McCarthy, Louis, uh, Stephanie Chase, and SB3 from True Hill Heat hopping on. This will be on the 30th, I believe, of December. 30th. Yeah. And it will be all of them hopping on and doing an end-of-year awards show, essentially. So that's exactly what you're looking for. Go subscribe to Wrestle2. There you go. So, yeah, when, when that email was read out, I looked at Pete, because I can see Pete, and I was like, mm-hmm. I pointed to myself like, don't forget it, don't forget it, mention it. Uh, so, yeah, it's something that we're pretty, we're very much looking forward to. It's going to be like a nice wrap-up of the year, talking about our favourite moments, and we'll have some discussion and debate. We're going to do it sort of like the Oscars, like an end-of-year awards. We're going to dress up nice and have a nice end-of-year awards so yeah that'll be on the 30th of december which i believe is a wednesday unless i'm going insane and that will be right yeah that will be on the wrestle 2 channel uh so subscribe over there and if you're not watching wrestling daily already we are putting out i'd like to say very good content and i hope you all that have listened agree we seem to have built a really nice community over there where you guys dictate 
what we talk about. Like there'll be news that breaks during the show that we're that someone goes, Oh, have you heard so and so? And we'll go and look at it and digest it together. And I like that part of it, the the uh, community aspect of it. So if you're not mm-hmm watching wrestling daily already head on over to wrestle two there'll be a special show on monday at 9 30 uk time so that's 4 30 us time talking about tlc so hopefully we'll see you all there or some of you there at least and also considering you're listening to a podcast if you prefer to listen to stuff in podcast form wrestling daily is also a podcast uh which you can catch uh the day after so yeah there's lots of ways for you to enjoy it. I've got one last email here before we wrap up for today from Jonathan Hedman, the headmaster Jonathan Hedman. says, good appropriate time of the day, Brandy, Andy, and Corporate Chopper. Sorry. Uh, I hope this email finds you well. I'm writing to you because you guys rock and can probably relate to this uh, kind of this sort of Datsun World problem. Uh, now, maybe I'm too old school, but it's bothering me to almost cornet levels that champagne bottles are being broken over any part of the body other than the head. It totally takes me completely out of the moment when Carmella is shattering a bottle over Sasha's back. At least Carmella isn't going for cheap heat by dropping Mandalorian spoilers. That's uh, there's still Sunday for that, I suppose. Anyway, have a very Merry Christmas. I hope you and your families and everyone at Team Wrestle Talk. Uh, I hope you and your families and everyone at Team Wrestle Talk and jam that jab. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, P.S. Uh, you know, I've I've won and been nominated for many awards, but I've never won a Slammy Award. And that's the one I've always wanted. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Headmaster. Maybe one day. Um, yeah. I mean, I get, I get why they're not smashed away with people's heads. I get it. Does look a bit weird though, doesn't it? It's just like here's the back. Doesn't bother me that much. I think this is uh, Mr. Hedman being slightly old school. Doesn't bother me too much. But I, I, I do understand. Once you get your beat, like a bee in your bonnet about something, mm-hmm. particularly in wrestling, it's very hard to be talked out of it. Have Absolutely. you got any of those things? Whereas, like your hatred of it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but- almost certainly, yes. I'm just trying to think because I definitely do have stuff. And there's like, see, a lot of the stuff that I find annoying, I feel like is rational a lot of the time, or it was initially rational and now it's gone to irrational levels. But mm-hmm. I can't think of any off the top of my head that the only thing that's coming to my head is just Michael Cole being annoying, but that's Michael Cole being annoying. That's rational. So I've got one for you that I know. Okay. So you do, you do your entrance, like your entrance videos on the mm-hmm. titantron yeah i think you are the only human being annoyed by this dude they suck they really <laughs> they suck. do suck they do suck but it was i can't remember what it was i think you said it on a podcast once and i was like i've never thought of that before mm. and i asked my brother who also listens he was like never thought of it so the in my veins so one is objective is objectively bad but other than that yeah. i just don't really it's, look at them i know i i wrote a wrestletalk.com article about it um, which is uh, uh, where it came from. But it was just that <laughs> it's not that they're bad now. They, they, they're they kind of plain and boring. They don't add anything to an entrance mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Whereas before they actively added to the presentation of a character. And now they're just like, they're there. What's the point of having them? Just don't have a Titan Tron. Fair enough. Like, I don't know. I it, just, it just irks me. Like, Carm- I don't know if you count Carmella's. Like, maybe it's a pre-bit. Not the actual yeah. Titantron. Yeah, but I mean, that's a really good example. They're using the Titantron properly and yeah, get, getting a whole entrance over. That's part of the character presentation. If you've got a thing that just says, Bailey, you go, cool. She's called Bailey. I know nothing of her character. 
Mm, fair enough. That's Seth Rollins is cool. Me. Seth Rollins is cool. Can't think of any others. So you're probably right. You've convinced yeah. me. They suck. Nowadays. Yeah, they do. These days. These days. They suck. Um, anyway. That's going to do it for this episode of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And yes, this is the last SmackDown podcast of the year. We won't be back next week because it is Boxing Day in the UK. So we're all going to be off next Saturday. Um, but uh, yes, there's going to be still a Raw and an AEW podcast. Nope, that's wrong. Is it? I've lost track of everything. No, nope, there will think be. it is. There's a Raw and an AEW podcast next week, so there's still that to look forward to. Plus, we've got a TLC review coming on Monday as well. And then the week after, we're still going to have a Raw podcast, but it's going to be with me and Laurie on the 29th. How crazy is that? What a dream team. Um, so, yes, we'll uh, we'll be uh, seeing you guys then. Thank you very much for listening for now and throughout the entirety of 2020. We really appreciate all the support, and hopefully we will see you guys soon. Goodbye. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must have travel shoes have a lighter than air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.